911. What is your emergency? Ladies never kiss and tell, but we do kill and tell. Ugh, Kals, I don't know where the time has gone, but the holidays are coming up so fast and I haven't even started my Christmas shopping. Dude, I know. And I'm so stressed because I have no idea what to get people. Oh my God, the hydro jug, the water bottle everyone's talking about. I mean, I can't even leave the house without mine. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than half gallon of water so you can stay hydrated all day long. I love my hydro jug because I don't have to lug it around thanks to the sleeve that has an adjustable strap. And it makes it easy to carry. Not to mention, they have 40 different bottle and sleeve combos to make it your own. Wait, so they pretty much created the perfect water bottle? Yeah, and they have something for everyone. Give the gift of hydration this year and be sure to check out their new Proline, glass, and stainless half-gallon jug options as well. That's it. Sold. Everyone I know is getting a hydro jug. Wait. But don't forget to use the Kill and Tell podcast promo code made just for our listeners. Get your hydro jug at www.thehydrojug.com. Use discount code KTPOD to get 10% off your order today. Hydro jugs are game changers for anyone on the go. Again, use KTPOD at www.thehydrojug.com to get 10% off and start hydrating today. Put your hydro jug in your stockings, ladies and gents, because Santa's coming to town. I don't know if they'll fit. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> we can use the hydro jugs as stockings. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, get a hydro jug because I'm glued to mine. Okay. Okay. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back. I'm Keely. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Kill and Tell Podcast. Back at it again with another episode. Back at it again for our first time on Twitch. <laughs> we are now Twitchers. Do you call themselves Twitchers or streamers? Streamers? I don't know. I just learned what Pog meant. We're so new at this. Sorry. So, we'll start off with Coffee Corner. Today, we went to Flamingos again. We went to... Shout out to BFF Kenzie. I know. She's the owner of Flamingos, and she's honestly such a gem. Mm-hmm. You'll probably hear more about her in more episodes. But I got the Nutty Bird, which was like a Nutella latte with like caramel and mocha and just deliciousness all around. It was so, so good. I can, I can attest the Nutty Bird was delicious. I got a cold brew iced coffee with caramel sauce and oat milk. Chef's kiss. And we got food today. We got banana (laughs) bread and sandwiches and they were so good. And I feel like the best thing about the shop is it's all gluten free. So it's like you kind of feel a little bit better about eating it. Mm-hmm. So today it's my case and kind of wanted to cover something timely, just kind of since the other day was Veterans Day. I have a lot of veterans in my family. And I actually found a couple months ago a case that covers a nurse at a veteran's home who killed a ton of veterans. Oh my God, what a bitch. 
she sucks. And she's in Massachusetts, so she sucks even more. Um, no hate on Mass, though, because that's us. But yeah, so. A veteran is defined as a person who served in the military, and Title 38 of the Code of Federal Regulation explains that a veteran is an individual who completed a service for any branch of the armed forces as long as they were not dishonorably discharged to the branches of the United States. Oh, wait, yeah, or any of the branches. And the branches of the United States military, in case anyone doesn't know, are the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, and the Space Force. Don't know what the Space Force is doing. Don't know what they're fighting off, but thank you for keeping us safe. And today, there are an estimated 20 million veterans in the United States of America and an estimated 1.4 million active military members. And there are a difference between active and inactive and to commemorate the date of when World War I ended, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed in 1919 that a day known as Armistice Day, um, referencing the armistice signed at the end of the war, would be celebrated on November 11th. On this day, we were to show our gratitude and honor to those who served and sacrificed our country. And however, it wasn't considered a legal holiday until 1938. So how rude. And after World War II, there was public encouragement to honor all veterans, leading President Dwight D. Eisenhower to change the name, signing um, Veterans Day into law. And the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which is a monument dedicated to U.S. soldiers who died in battle and were never identified, is currently the final resting place for three soldiers who served in World War I, World War II, and the Korean War. And originally, there were four soldiers buried in that monument, um, and the last one was from the Vietnam War. However, luckily, with modern-day DNA testing, um, he was identified as Air Force First Lieutenant Michael Joseph Blassie, and instead of adding another unknown soldier to the Vietnam crypt, an inscription has been added for him. Um, so just a little background on veterans and honoring veterans because we love them. I feel like I can always leave it to you to give me a nice history lesson. <laughs> I love history. It's my favorite subject in the whole entire world. And sorry if that bores everyone, but I love to deep dive into history. So Kristen Heather Gilbert was born Kristen Heather Strickland on November 13th, 1967 in Fall River, Massachusetts. And her parents were Richard, who was an electronics executive, and Claudia, who was a part-time teacher and a homemaker. And she was the oldest and she had a younger sister. Kristen was a pretty normal kid. She excelled in school and was part of the math club at her high school, and no one really noticed any strange behavior, but as she entered her teenage years, family and friends began noticing that there was some pretty, not only strange, but like creepy, scary behavior that was going on. They started noticing that she was um, habitually lying, basically a pathological liar, and then she ended up believing her own lies that she was telling people. That's, like, the main thing about pathological lies is, like, they'll spit anything out and be like, no, that really happened. And yeah. they'll believe and it. And they'll, be- they'll literally believe it in yes, their own Yes, they'll head. take it to the grave. They'll mm-hmm. be like, no, that happened. And they're so convincing at the lies they tell that everyone else around them believes them because they believe their own lies. And when you believe your own yeah. thing, like... But then if you're the person there, you're like, no, that didn't happen. And like, yeah, it did. And then everyone believes them. And yes. then they think you're the crazy one. <laughs> I feel like this is a personal experience that you're sharing. <laughs> it's Okay. She had a long track record of faking suicide attempts in order to manipulate people into doing things that she wanted them to do. 
and she would also make scary and violent threats to others throughout her teenage years if they weren't doing what she wanted them to do. So Christian, gra- uh, Christian, Kristen graduated from Groton Dunstable High School in Groton, Massachusetts. Groton? Is it Groton? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes. It's Groton. No, I'm pretty sure it's Groton. No, it's not. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure. <laughs> is it not? No, I'm pretty sure it's Groton. My mom says Groton. Jen's wrong. Or maybe I say it and I just... You're wrong. It. Okay. Groton. Is she from Massachusetts? We're not sure. Um, from Mass- uh, Groton, Massachusetts in 1986. She enrolled at Bridgewater State College in Bridgewater, Mass, but she ended up faking a suicide attempt. And so because of that, she was ordered psychiatric treatment by Bridgewater State College officials. And due to this, in 1987, she transferred to Mount Wachusett Community College in Gardner, Massachusetts, and then to Greenfield Community College in Greenfield, Mass. She graduated from Greenfield with a nursing diploma and became a registered nurse in 1988. And a year later, she went on to marry Glenn Gilbert, and they ended up having two children. While she was in college, she worked as a home health aide. And it was reported that she purposely scalded a mentally handicapped child with hot bath water who was in her care. What the fuck? Yeah, she was a psychopath. In 1989, Kristen got a job at a nurse. In 1989, Kristen got a job as a nurse at the Veteran Affairs Medical Center in Northampton, Massachusetts. She was also featured in the magazine VA Practitioner in April of 1990. And outsiders believe that she had pretty much the picture-perfect life because she had the husband, she had the baby, she had the house, she had the job as a nurse. Like, she pretty much had the, like, American dream going on. But shortly after working there, Kristen switched from the day shift to the night shift and began having an affair with one of the security guards. Scandalous. Right. Yeah. The scandalous. His name was James Peralt, and he was an army veteran. She clearly just wanted a man in uniform. I know. She couldn't keep her hands off of him. No. I don't know what Glenn did for work. It didn't say. Over the next little while, Kristen's co-workers <laughs> began noticing what they believed to be a string of bad luck taking place during Kristen's shifts. She happened to be on a shift for a lot of the traumatic and distressing medical events that were taking place at the VA hospital, and her colleagues jokingly gave her the nickname, The Angel of Death. Because someone would always die on her shift. Where have I heard that before? Mm-hmm. She was also the angel of death at home as well. Her and Glenn's marriage became tumultuous and rocky and Kristen began poisoning Glenn's food and even went on to try and kill him in a civilian hospital where he was being treated. He survived the incident and Kristen left him and her kids um, for her army security boyfriend, James, which like good fucking luck, James. Literally. Good luck. I feel like we have a trend here with these names. James, Glenn. Who else was James? Oh, I thought there was two James. (laughs) In the story. (laughs) James, Glenn, Kristen. It's just like a lot of background. Keep going. is, Is it? No, I'm just getting lost. Things at the hospital became hostile and strange when nurses began to get suspicious of Kristen and the fact of how many people were dying on her shift. Well, like, you would think, you would, that raises a few red flags. Like, all these people are just dying. All of the same thing, too, And it's on nobody else's shift. It's only on hers. And all by a heart attack. 
In the mid-90s, following this suspicion of the fact that she was a psycho, Stanley J. Jagodowski was admitted for a post-operative bowel obstruction and only required oral medication. However, an on-duty nurse saw Kristen enter the exam room with a syringe in order to treat him, and Stanley Jagodowski later died that night from a heart attack. Hmm, what a coincidence. Just a small one. There was also an ingrained fear amongst patients who began refusing to go into treatment or care in Kristen's ward. They claimed that if they were to be treated by her or seen by her or even interact with her, they would die. And in February of 1990... Like, they, like, was she, like, no, the, like the, the haunting of the hospital? Yes. Everyone was like, that's basically our boogeyman. No, like, the pa- stay away. Yes, no, the patients would literally throw a fit and cry to not be seen by her. Like, if they were assigned her as a nurse, they would be like, mm-mm, like, not, like, not let her in. Like, and nobody caught on to this. No one was like, no. oh, no. Like, they thought that they were overreacting and, like, PTSD and, like, everything like that. Because, like, they're right. veterans and veterans but still, like... like aren't treated the best in our country, which that's a topic for another time because your girl gets real fired up about that. We were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. In February of 1996, the other nurses of the Veterans Hospital filed a formal inquiry against Kristen Gilbert for malpractice. And this followed two deaths and a huge decrease in epinephrine. I think that's how you say that. Epinephrine? Epinephrine which is a vasoconstrictor and blood pressure support medication that can also treat severe asthma attacks and allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis, um, in an emergency situation. If this medication is unneeded, this can cause heart attacks. So by this time in 1996, Kristen quit her job and was completely beginning to unravel. She was then hospitalized for another suicide attempt where she admitted to her boyfriend to murdering all of the people at the VA hospital. She said, quote, I did it. I did it. You wanted to know. Yep. I killed those guys by injection. Quote. Wow. She really just like gave herself up right there. She was like, James, I did it. I'm the man. She was like, no, no, pick me. I did it. It was me. Mm -hmm. James then went to the cops and was like, hey, my psychotic nurse of a girlfriend is literally killing her patients um, at a veteran's home. So y'all want to go address that situation. And Kristen being the little smarty pants she is, was like, oh, no, no, I have to throw this investigation off. I'm going to call in a bomb alert and say that there's a bomb that's going to be going off at the hospital. So the cops were like, lady. Doesn't that just, like, implicate her more? They were like, that doesn't work because we're not the bomb squad. So, like, we're still going after you while calling the bomb squad. We're just a local police department. I'm sorry, we can't help you. So Kristen then checked herself into psychiatric hospitals seven times and only staying between one and ten days um, each time. And then in January of 1998, Kristen stood trial for the bomb threat because you can't just be calling in bomb threats wherever you want to. And she was convicted in 1998 of that crime. So while she was on trial for the murders, VA hospital staff speculated that Kristen Gilbert... Remember, this is buckle up because this is hefty. Kristen Gilbert may have been responsible for more than 80 deaths and more than 300 medical emergencies. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That they could only convict her of nearly 400 people. Yep. She was on the clock for all of those. You know, you would think like one or two, you can get away with it. You reach 10. Okay, maybe some suspicion. You made, you reach 40, you're kind of hitting Ted Bundy status. No, like, you hit oh, 40 oh. and you should be like, okay, we're calling 
the cops because something's wrong. Oh, oh, you're talking about, like, the others surrounding. I thought you were talking about, like, her, her, like, her goals. No, 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 like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what was like, going on? Big. Like, Oh, like the the other people working there being like, okay, we're here. Yeah, like, like they should three or four. Yeah. like something. Like, okay, we'll let up. it slide. Yeah, no, there was like four hundred people, and everyone was like, well, I mean, it seems like Kristen's kind of involved. No. Right, right. So, over a seven year span, it is believed that Kristen Gilbert was on duty for over half of her ward's three hundred and fifty deaths. No. The prosecutor in the case, Assistant U.S. Attorney William M. Welch the third claimed that Kristen used these medical emergencies to gain attention from her boyfriend as hospital rules required that hospital police be always present at medical emergencies. So she was like, oh my god, I miss him. I'm not going to text him or call him. I'm going to kill someone because he has to be here for it. When you need attention that bad. Yeah, needy. Needy girlfriend problems. (laughs) (laughs) And also... Um, so she could prove how great of a nurse she was to her boyfriend. She, so she would, like, try to kill them and then try to save them or, like, kind of make them go through something, save them. Um, do you think it was more like she wanted to feel like she was needed and that's why she was doing it? I think she wanted to feel like she was needed, but I also think she wanted to be like, James, look at me. I'm cute. I'm, I'm cute. cute and nursing. I'm cute and covered in blood. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Um, James testified against Kristen. So sorry, honey, that plan did not work. And said that she confessed to at least one murder, um, while she was hospitalized in a psychiatric ward. Defense attorney David P. Hoos claimed that reasonable doubt based on the lack of evidence that they did have, basically saying that these guys really did just die of a heart attack. Untrue. Um, according to court records, Gilbert had made violent threats against others when she was a teenager, and at the trial, prosecutors said that Gilbert used a large kitchen knife in an assault in Greenfield, Massachusetts in January or February of 1988. Oh, just super casual. No big deal. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, that's what I do, too, when I'm, like, in yeah. an instance of someone, I just whip out a large kitchen knife. So- I'm just imagining, like, a giant machete coming out of their pocket. Yeah, like, oh, you have a problem. Like, let me just address it really quickly. So prosecutors said that she tried twice to murder a person by poison in 1995. You think the second time she would get it right? She's really bad at that. Yeah, she's so she, like, she's not <laughs> she, cut out to be a murderer. She literally put her husband in the hospital several times by poisoning him, and they were like, "Lady, but you look like you need to use more." <laughs> He's like, "Please, God, just kill me! Like, <laughs> please stop putting me back here." Prosecutor said that Gilbert tried to poison a patient at the VA hospital on January 28th, 1996, and she also caused a medical emergency by removing a patient's breathing tube at the VA hospital on January 30th, 1994. Oh my god. She's literally a psychopath. Prosecutor said that Gilbert abandoned a patient undergoing cardiac arrest on November 9th, 1995. And then asked another nurse to accompany her on around, like, a check of all the patients. Prosecutors said that she waited until her colleague independently spotted the patient's difficulty before raising an alarm. So she saw that this person was, like, having a medical emergency and she was like, "Mm, no, thank you. And then, like, waited for that other nurse to come around and see it before the other nurse was like, do you not see what's happening here? And then... Oh, my God. um, That would not fly on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, no. No, no, no. Meredith Grey would not stand for that. 
Gilbert also forced an untrained colleague, so it was somebody who was, like, there for college learning what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, when um, the student nurses come in? Yeah, and they don't know anything, and they're kind of just, like, there to learn and visual. Like, yeah. She forced an untrained colleague to use cardiac defibrillation paddles on a patient during a medical emergency on ni- November 17th, 1995. She refused to use the equipment herself and would not step in to help the untrained nurse use it while she was struggling. Prosecutors said that Gilbert threatened the life of at least one person verbally and physically in the hospital in July of 1996. On March 14, 2001, a federal jury convicted Gilbert on three counts of first-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder, and two counts of attempted murder. Though Massachusetts does not have capital punishment for the death penalty, her crimes were committed on federal property and thus subject to the death penalty. Prosecutors, in an attempt to secure a penalty of death for Kristen, sought to admit evidence of aggravating factors during the penalty phase, including Gilbert's um, 1998 conviction for the bomb threat, and the defense introduced evidence of mitigating factors, including the well-being of Gilbert's two children. And on March 26, 2001, the jury recommended a sentence of life imprisonment. On March 27th, the judge formally sentenced Gilbert to four consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, plus 20 years. And Gilbert was transferred from a prison for women in Framingham, Massachusetts, to a special prison in Texas, where she's remained ever since. What's a special prison? Like, I don't know. Special. What is that noise? <laughs> Wait. Busy? Hold on. Wait, okay, so... This gives me a chance, though, to look up what a special I know, what does that mean? You're is. in a special prison? Is that, like, one with padded cells? Special prison definition. <clears throat> Any prison provided for the confinement of a particular class or particular classes of prisoners. Wow, that really narrows it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. Um... Uh, she's serving her sentence at the Federal Medical Center in Carswell in Fort Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas. And in July of 2003, Gilbert dropped her federal appeal for a new trial. My gosh, I can't speak. In July of 2003, Kristen Gilbert dropped her federal appeal for a new trial after a then recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling that would have allowed prosecutors to pursue the death penalty upon a retrial. So she was like, "Mm, no, thank you. I don't want to try again because I might die. Yeah, literally. And that. I love that it was local. Right? I love local cases. I do. I love the local ones. Keeping it local. Uh, Even though she's a psychopath and she's a K name. And then Rose says a special prison is for prisoners with special medical and mental health needs. Thank you, Rose. And Busy says, I think Gilbert is misunderstood. Sika says, what mental health needs does she have? Kill for love makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I mean, it's really just basic human I, nature. She is misunderstood. No, but that is true. It's Gilbert, James, and Glenn. Like, there was a theme. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yes. There was. So not only now were they veterans, they were like a... Themed. Yeah. Themed veterans. Themed veterans. So that was the case of Kristen Gilbert. Just kind of wanted to tie in some Veterans Day. I know it's actually, that was actually really morbid that I did a morbid case for Veterans Day. Yeah. I'm sorry. And they're not going to hear it on Veterans Day. So they're going to be like, wait, are we living in the past? (laughs) 
literally like, lady, that was last year. She's like, excuse me? I'm sorry. Are you okay? When? When do you live? <laughs> um, so we hope you guys liked this episode. And again, shout out Flamingo's Coffee because Kenzie's our bestie yeah. Flamingo's Coffee fueled this episode. And the food is just as good as the coffee. Yeah, I have to say, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you liked this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at... Tell and Tell Podcast. Send us a Gmail with your spooky stories or a case suggestion to... Kill and tell podcast at gmail.com. And until next Monday, we hope that you guys keep it spooky. <laughs> you spooksters, you. Hashtag watch us on Twitch. Hashtag Twitchers. Hashtag streamers. Hashtag spooksters. Hashtag love you all. Hashtag hashtag. Hashtag not sure else what to hashtag. Hashtag hashtags aren't in anymore. Hashtag okay, love you so much. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>